This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thursday the 9th of March 2023 This evening's show we review the creditable draw at home to league leaders Burnley last Saturday We look ahead to this weekend's fixture away at Bristol City We also catch up on the latest news from Bloomfield Road including the structured meeting minutes that have been reviewed released even today I'm John Esmeral this is Seaside's podcast Extra Time Show Burnley Review and Bristol City Preview I was just about to let out a massive burp then and I've just been drinking some Diet Coke. Wouldn't have been the best intro. Uh, unmute yourself, gentlemen. Only Sakir has done so. Fresh from uh, a day Consum- out canvassing Sakir. Consummate pro, you see. Uh, suited and booted. Uh, Mitch, welcome back. Good to have you back, mate. All right. We, nice have, to we have all missed that skull wallpaper. <laughs> With a skull in the middle <laughs> The skull foreground and the skull background. Shame he wasn't here on the uh, Stoke game, as I'd said. Absolutely. Uh, well, I was on the pitch, wasn't I? <laughs> Nick, good to have you back. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, John. Yep, everybody, welcome on the stream. Welcome on the audio pod, if you're, if you're listening. And uh, welcome, welcome, Raggy. Um, thanks for coming on, mate. Obviously, it's been a, a, a really trying week for yourself and uh everyone who knew tony um absolutely terrible event and um we'd like you just to start out really with just a bit about the man tony himself we knew tony by face but i didn't know him personally so we're not going to go out you know go around the ins and outs of what's happened but i'd just like to tell us a bit about tony and what he was like as a 
as a pal. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, yeah, obviously, it's been an uh, awful week for everyone, and I think uh, it's affected far more people than anyone would have imagined. Uh, it certainly, you know, me and my mates think we're big and hard and <laughs> we're all in tears for the last bleeding three or four days. It's it's heartbreaking. Uh, listen, he, he was a great bloke. He was just... I got really close to him over the last few years. Um, known him for a long time in terms of football circles and he's got a lot older friends than me that have known him all his life. And But, he, you know, he, he loved the Armfield Club. He loved everything to do with it. He was always involved. He, he was someone that we drank with a few nights a week. It was only last Thursday he was in the club with me. You know, we've not opened it tonight because I, I was due to go down, but I just wasn't really in the frame of mind for it, to be honest with you. Mm. So it was his birthday last Thursday and we had a great night in there uh, with his missus and that. And uh, it's it's just, it's it's a shame. The whole thing's just sad. I wrote a piece about it yesterday, sort of, that uh, somebody put up online and it says it all in there, really. You know, it's sad, it's unfortunate. Not going to have a load of hypocrites turning around and saying things, you know, we've all like, got involved in silly things in the past and, uh, it's just for people to wake up a bit, really, and say, it, you know, it ain't worth it. Uh, it. But it was just an unlucky event. And like I said on there, I feel sorry for anyone and everyone involved, even though it's happened, no one meant for it to happen. Uh, the, the lad from Burnley won't have meant for it to happen. And, you know, him and other people and others involved are going to end up with their lives affected now in a big way, I would imagine. But... Um, yeah, but look, Tony was a great, great Blackpool through and through. Loved it, home and away. Loved, just loved it. Loved everything about it. And uh, he epitomised sort of that the Armfield Club. He just fit in there perfectly. He was uh, all about Blackpool. A fun-loving guy. Loved his family. Loved his mates. Loved a drink. Loved the football. Um, just a sad event. Uh, but you know, it's it is heartwarming to see everyone. The amount of people that turned out on Monday. At such short notice was um, was uh, well, it's it, memorable for want of a better word. And the club have been fantastic. You know, we're, we're so honoured to have a club like that, a football club. I know they, they did it in the face of some criticism from <clears throat> from some quarters of social media and other fans and rival fans, which is understandable. I know what people are saying, and they're going to say them things, but you know, it doesn't matter. It's happened, and our club stood up and, and remembered one of their own, and uh, I'll be forever grateful for that. And I'm sure the family are, and they will be going forward, and it'll hopefully everyone coming together will just soften the blow slightly if it's possible. But, um, you know, message to everyone else as well, like I did say yesterday, a lot of people miss you when you're gone, and uh, don't need any daft things happening to people, and people getting involved in daft things either. Yeah. It's... Uh, you stretch far further than you think with people that like you and love you. So that's it, really. Draghi, can I just add and just really to uh, expand on what you said about Monday? Um, I, I, I obviously I'm based quite close by, so it was relatively easy for me to get down. But what what really sort of resonated with me was firstly how many people were able to get there at such short notice because it was during working hours. And I think it was only about three hours' notice. And, all, and also, and it's just really what you say about the club, it, it wasn't just a few people from the club turned out. Everybody who works at the football club 
who was available and on site was out there. They were out there before we even turned up, uh, which was incredibly respectful and, 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 and sort of, sort of made the occasion, if anything, because it was a case, uh, it was quite moving, uh, and not just from the point of view of, of what had happened to Tone, but but also from the point of view of seeing the club all come together. It, and it doesn't, you know, the circumstances are for another day, but a, 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 an incredibly tragic event. Um, the, and you saw how many family members were there and the impact it's all going to have on them for a, a very long time, and in some cases forever. And, and it, so it brings it all home. But it was the way that the club, the club and the fans came together. Nobody said a, a word for about 15 minutes. And the Reverend did a nice job, um, you know, uh, and the hierarchy of the club were there. The players were there. And, uh, you know, and even the kit man, the, the, the youth team coaches, it was, it was, it was a, a special moment, I think. And, and it's very hard to take any positives about, about what happened. But I think, the support that was shown for the family on that in that fifteen twenty minute segment on Monday afternoon, um, I, I, I would like to think they'll take some comfort from that. Yeah, uh, well said as well because it is yeah, and it does need saying that it was the entire club that came out, players and everything, office staff, like I say, shop staff, everybody, and um, yeah, and hopefully it does give a bit of comfort, and at least they know the man was loved by many. And uh, listen, credit to Blackpool, Blackpool Town, the Tower, the the fans, the people that turned up that didn't know him or partially knew him, or, or just the amount of people that turned up there was quite moving. Um, even when we walked over from the club with a, with a mass of people, we got round there and there was double the amount round there, wasn't there already? And yeah. it was um, it, it was fitting for a good man. And Raggy, obviously, it's going to affect. Tony's family that he's gone. Um, you've started up um, a GoFundMe that's in excess of, uh, I don't know, 13,000. 13,000. Yeah, I'll just clear one little bit because it was slightly higher than that. But um, unfortunately, uh, somebody donated and, and he had to ring me, bless him, and say, I, I didn't put the point in. He, he donated £2,500. He meant to donate £25. <laughs> So it initially went through the roof straight away, and they thought that's you know that's a sizable donation. And bless bless him, like he didn't know what to say. But obviously, it's a mistake. So that's why it came down. It, it was up to nearly fifteen. It came back down. Um, but that's why, if anyone didn't know why it sort of, I must admit, when I saw who it was and um, <laughs> met the size of the donation, I thought uh, <laughs> that is just weird. It's just I yeah, didn't yeah. I didn't get it, and I thought maybe he's put in for a load of people, but I thought even that doesn't really quite make sense on such short notice. So, yeah. listen, I, I think I think we've all been there, haven't we, with fat fingers and that's it. And, and listen, it like wrong. I said, like I said to him, look, it, it got instant publicity. The fact that it had risen so quickly, so he's probably done a good thing. You know, he's probably done it a favour, really. So, yeah, so that's what it is. So we, we've got a good amount. We're, we're obviously going to leave it running, and we've got plenty more to. We've got to uh, sort things out from the armfield that we're going to do for for his uh, his wife in particular as well, and um, obviously all the details and arrangements after that are, are down to the family but we're there we're, we're in contact and um, whatever they need we'll be we'll be doing and sorting out and, and the club have offered as well for various things so like I say we've got a special club special town special fan base as I've always known but uh, it's certainly shown itself this week 
Yeah. So I've put the, uh, the GoFundMe URL. It's across the ticker at the bottom. So we'll just leave that running for the entirety of yeah. of the show. Um, yeah, if you're listening you. on the audio pod, just go to GoFundMe.com. I think if you search Tony Johnson, you'll find him in there. Um, it's also in the, the YouTube comment. So if you just click that link, if you want to donate to contribute to Tony's funeral and to the, the, the no doubt um, expense hole that it's left in all his family's lives. It'll be great. Um, just, uh, you know, even a five or tenner, it'll, it'll count and it all adds up and it'll help the family. I'm sure it's just a, an awful time for them. As, um, as Raggy just said, I think it makes us closer together. We do bicker as fans, don't we? But these sort of events really bring it on to home. How kind of irrelevant football is in the grander scheme of things. But yeah, it's a, uh, Terrible day to block for, for Blackpool fans, the fan base and the club, but as Raggy said, it's bringing us all a lot close together. I'm going to try and take a uh, positive out of a negative, I guess. Okay, um, we're going to talk about the Burnley game briefly, obviously, because football kind of takes a backseat on a on a day like this. Um, let's have a quick look at the, the team lineup. Bring that up there. Which was... Um, Maxwell, Gabriel, Nelson, Thornley, Thompson, Connolly, Dougal, Carey, Bowler, Garbutt, and Yates. Nick, you hurried over to me, um, sat in the Phoenix Club with a bit of insider information, telling me about this lineup. I was like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone was sitting next to me had, had had it sent through to him saying this was the the likely lineup. And um, yeah, came over to have a chat to you and. Uh, we were scratching our heads a bit, weren't we, with uh, with one or two of them, and wondering where one or two of the others were. Um, I don't think we were feeling massively confident anyway. And then when you see that lineup, probably probably less so. Um, but as we'll, we'll we'll come to talk about it, it actually turned out um, okay uh, compared to what we thought it might do. Yep, um, the game itself then, Tim, um, we're not going to, just for the FYI for everyone, we're not going to go through this with the player ratings and the normal hullabaloo blue that we go through, we're just kind of you pick out a few key moments in the game. Um, Brownhill injured on 23 minutes, Tim, I think that was a key moment of the game, he's been a top player for, for Burnley, and um, I was quite um, glad to see him leave the field. Yeah, because I think, I think as the game started, the um, uh, what, what, what sort of immediately sort of came across to me was you know they were playing the ball on the floor um all across the pitch that that they it was going to feet that they were keeping possession they, and 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 my concern was that it was a matter of time before they scored because has, has anyone seen the possession stats by the way it must be 80 percent 20 isn't it <laughs> it's about 82 82 yeah it was and it was it, it was it was it was almost like they were toying with us sort of like trying to drag us out so they could they could get behind that you know and and there was obviously they were clearly playing to a game plan and it was it was it was there you know written written right across the pitch what they were doing and how they were doing it and the thing is they've got they've got great players all over the pitch and uh, we were huffing and puffing and booting the ball upfielding so the, the, it was it was there was lots probably, of habits raggy i don't know if you noticed <laughs> 
plenty of habits. Yeah. I did. Um, I needed them. I start shouting it now every time he does it. Habits. <laughs> But it was it was it was it was a clash of styles, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. And just going back to the lineup, I was a bit concerned about our left hand side because you know you look at the subs bench where you could have played Lyons and 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 Rogers and 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 then what we played, and I was really really concerned about how we'd cope down the left. As it turns out, I thought we did did quite well, um, um, most certainly uh, better than I was expecting. Um, but it really, you know, it. I found it a bit difficult to watch at times because the, the gulf between them and us, um, style-wise, confidence on the ball-wise, was so stark. It was it was almost like one of those FA Cup games when you've got the non-league team who were getting behind the ball and, and, and just hanging on for dear life and... and uh, I was I was left I was I was left feeling um, you know you end up thinking shit where how have we come to this from where we were and like you say when uh, when when the lad goes off any anything any you take comfort from anything don't you so when they lose one of the best players um, it, it's a it's a it's a significant positive to us but you know when I think back to the um, halcyon days of um, the second half of Burnley away and <clears throat> and playing at Sheffield United. I, you do wonder how we've ended up playing the way we are doing because at that point in time, just before the proverbial wheels came off the um, the Blackpool wagon, um, we were actually playing quite good football ourselves and were and were a match for anybody. We were a match other than the first twenty minutes at Burnley away. We were a match for them. We were a match for Sheffield United, and these are the two teams who are running away with the league. And I just scratch my head sometimes. I think. How, how, how we ended up being cloggers because that's what we looked like uh, particularly the first you know I'll, I'll talk about the second half but in the first half we looked completely outclassed Matt do you think do you understand how or why Mix set up like this yeah I've, I've got a, quite a different take to that I, I quite enjoyed it because I quite enjoyed that we were you know we were clearly sitting deep because and they couldn't get round us. They had one effort on goal, really, that was any good in that half. Um, for a side that have ripped teams to bits, like my mate at work um, is a well, my acquaintance at work, I should say, for political reasons, is a Preston season ticket holder. And he went, "Oh, you've got Burnley; they'll destroy you," because they absolutely wiped the floor with them at their place. They ripped them to bits. They chewed them up. They spat them out. And he said it could have been eight, nine, ten against them. Whereas. At half time, I ended up thinking, yeah, they've had a lot of possession, but they haven't really done anything with it. You know, they've had that one shot that Maxwell saves, and I thought we were coached. I thought that we, we, we were we were actually for the first time in weeks we looked as if we were organised um, in a way that I haven't seen as like probably since you go back to when we were actually doing okay under Appleton um, before it all went wrong. Um, we were very, very clearly playing to a strategy, which was get deep, stay back. Um, I thought it was quite canny how he'd put Carey up front because he could drop in and make a five in midfield or he could get out with Yates. Um, we nearly broke them. We nearly broke on them twice. Carey burst out. Carey was superb that first half, I thought. I thought he was really, really good playing where he should play. And he nearly broke out of midfield. And I mean, yes, I got to half time thinking, "Fucking hell, it's nil nil." We, you know, I, I, blimey, I didn't, you know, I didn't expect that. But actually, 
I also didn't. It wasn't pretty, but I'm not. I'm not asked if it's pretty or not. I couldn't care less. And I'm. I'm people keep complaining about the style we're playing. We're, we're we're fighting. This is fighting tooth and nail, fighting to stay in this division. And if we if that's how we've got to play, that's how we've got to play. And I also think, yeah, we've got some really skillful players. But there's times when we have put quite a few of the skillful players on the pitch, and there's times when I think Mick swallowed his pride and gone, "All right, go out there, get it on the ground. It's not working, oofing it." And we've looked, we've looked, we've looked awful. We've looked like we can't do that, and we've got players who are very skillful. But some of those players who are very skillful either might be a bit flaky, might not be the most reliable, might not want to do do certain bits of the work. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not behind the scenes with them. But when we've given them their head and we've given them the opportunity and we've put them on the pitch, albeit for small periods of time, it hasn't miraculously clicked into this footballing whirlwind that we all think we're going to be. And if 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 we can play like that week on week on week on week, I think we can do all right. I think there was... I, I saw it quite differently from Tim. I, I sort of quite enjoyed it, but I have to say, I do quite like brutalist football. I do quite like <laughs> that sort of style. You know, I, I, anybody, anybody who holds in Middlesbrough, um, well, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Well, Tim, would it surprise you to know that <laughs> next weekend I'm going for a jolly... Uh, no, this weekend, so I'm going for a jolly just outside of Halifax. <laughs> wow. So, you know... That's hey, positively oh. cosmopolitan compared with uh, yeah. Middlesbrough, though, isn't it? Middlesbrough, so... I'm kind of with Matt John a bit. I think, you know, was pleasantly surprised at, at half-time that it was nil-nil and... Yeah, we weren't having loads of possession, but like Matt said, there's a very clear game plan and it was kind of sit um, and, and try and nullify their threat. Granted, we weren't creating loads, but we were probably never going to, were we? You know, they've they've put many teams to the sword this season. Um, I suppose the thing is, going forward, is that going to get you the five wins we need? between now and the end of the season, at some point we're going to have to be a bit more adventurous. But Saturday was not the game to do that. Not the game to do it because we'd be sat here talking about being on the right end of a 3-0 probably. Raggy, it's now five five wins, one draw, five defeats now. It was five five wins, two draws, five defeats. Now we've knocked one of the draws off. <laughs> All four wins, three draws, three defeats. Whichever way you want. Are you mixing it, it up now? Are you? <laughs> uh, Tim, shit referees again. We've had the carry obstruction into the box, which annoyed me. I thought that was a foul in the first half. I don't know if it was a penalty because it was down the other end. Um, but also Connolly being booked for pulling Gummerson's shirt which was a ridiculous booking. And it was just a, a pattern of him favouring Burnley throughout the first half and the rest of the game. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, is it with him being a Premier League referee? I oh, is, is he? Right, okay. Um, he sense. sort of knows the Burnley players a bit more from, from the time in the Premier League. There you go. But there does seem to be a recurring theme with these referees, doesn't there? Particularly with the, what you might call the, the more established and, and elite sides, that they seem to let them get away with murder. And uh, and then and then at the same time we seem to get pulled for the most innocuous or or, or maybe the first time we've done something. The the the, the, the Burnley players seem to be very adept at a profession, you know, committing the professional foul when they needed to, 
and and it just it does. It, I keep seeing they keep getting away. With, not just them, but and a number of you know the Sheffield Uniteds as well, and um, <clears throat> and 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 other and other teams at the top. They seem to get away with 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 repetitive fouling without sanction, and yet we commit one, and it's straight in the in the in the book. And when when Connolly got his book in, it was like you know. I think the whole crowd were not like what. That's the first, but probably the first time that he's done anything. And there's probably three or four Burnley players yeah. who've who've committed repetitive fouls. You know, every time you know, there's a couple. It wasn't listen. It wasn't often that we broke, but when we broke, um, they were very very quick to commit a foul to break it up so they could get the players back behind the ball. Listen, and 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 every credit to them that they, they they do it and they do it in a way that they get away with because um, it's, it's, you know, it's professional. It might not what we want to see as a Blackpool fan, but it's professionalism from them to make sure that those scenarios don't happen. But if we tried that, we'd probably get a player sent off. Well, obviously if, if that, that, if we'd have made that challenge in the second half that the, the, the Burnley guy did, it tell, was similar to what it, tell what her, did. Tell her on Carey. At, at, at Turf Moor. It was, it was the, exactly the same, um, Nick. Exactly the same. Got the red card for and and it for was them, higher it's yellow. up the pitch. Yeah, it was higher up the pitch. Carey was. They were breaking out of uh, out of um, out of their box when Carey took their lad out. Gabriel yeah, we got were, over the halfway line when he got taken. Yeah, out. So it was absolutely. It's um, and it seems to be the more high profile the ref is, you know, a Premier League ref, the the, the worse it is. It's almost like well. I'm reffing in the championship, so you know I've. It, it's all about me. I've got something to prove here, and it, it, we seem to be on the wrong end of it. It feels like there's a narrative in the ref's head about what the game's going to be before it. You know, well, it's Burnley versus Blackpool, so Blackpool will be crap. Burnley will be really good. Oh, there's been somebody's fallen over. Well, that must be a foul because because yeah. it's a Burnley player that's fallen over. Oh, that and it it, it feels like they've prejudged certain games have prejudged what must be happening based on very limited information about sort of who is a so-called good team and who's not. And he, he was awful. He really was. also think it's maybe that our, our disciplinary record... I was just about to say yeah, that, Tim. Exactly. Yeah, that if the cogs in everyone's heads were ticking then, wasn't it, saying the yeah. same thing? Creates, creates that, that, that adds to the yeah. narrative. i so. Blackpool are a dirty side and therefore well, I'm going to watch, I'm going to be on top of them from the beginning and as soon as they start it I'm going to I'm going to clamp down on it where well, Burnley that, are the the aristocrats of championship football and they play beautiful football and never foul anybody so he's got that in his head before he starts that's I think that's fair I think that is probably possibly right if I could just expand on me make love in from earlier I think one of the things I also felt about that game which is I'm starting a one man defend Mick campaign now um, you and Jacko together well yeah I, I think I feel like in that game, we had a structure. It wasn't pretty, but the players were comfortable, actually. We defended really well in that game. There were some really, really good defensive performances um, from the sort of the midfield in a defensive sense, the defenders, and 
you know, sort of the whole unit, even Jerry working back as he always does. And it was the first time I've seen us play in a long time where you felt like the team understood what they were doing as a unit. And as such, there wasn't kind of wild last ditch. Well, I mean, there were some really good last ditch tackles, but there wasn't that kind of wild desperation and panic amongst the team that, that perhaps characterised us earlier. And we only got one yellow card. And actually, we were playing the best team in the league, they are the best team in the league by miles, and we got one yellow card. And on the back of our disciplinary record, and McCarthy has taken all sorts of crap from people saying he's this, he's that, he's crap. Get him out of the club. It takes time to take a chaotic unit like we clearly were. As much as refs haven't given us the best thing, you don't get nine red cards by accident. It takes time to get a chaotic unit and make it into something that is a bit more drilled and a bit more solid where everybody actually knows what they're supposed to be doing and therefore they're not running, covering each other out of position, flying in and getting sent off. And I think that's something that is perhaps not, you know, perhaps why he's done what he's done because you get that and from that is a base that you can build on. Uh, the, the the second half, I think we were crying out for for a, a change. Raggy, let's come to you. The I think the the change from Rogers on for Bowler made a big impact on the game. Yeah, well, well, Rogers will anyway because he's one of our best players and he should be on the pitch. But I can't uh, listen. I can't fault what happened on Saturday in terms of. I, like everyone else, when I saw the team sheet, I thought, oh, bloody hell. Namely, Dom Thompson, because I think he's uh, a bit of a lunatic. Um, but he, he, he did all right in the end. Yeah, played all right. Uh, the, game, the game plan worked. You know, and in the last in the last 10 or 15 minutes, we, we could have won that game if we'd have just got a, had a bit more composure, created one or two more things. But we were on him, weren't we? And it was as if we'd just defended it out and then had a goal, uh, which was fair enough. I mean, you can't really... You can't really argue with it. And nil-nil was a good result against them. Nick, I think it's fair to say that we were we were the better team in the closing third of the game. Um, yeah. Bowler was quite rightly substituted, in my opinion. He had a t- very, very poor game. And I didn't really like to see him um, throwing his shin pads on the floor. And whether it's in disgust with himself or at the situation, I don't know. But... He didn't play particularly well, and it was rightly hooked. Yeah, it was. It it, it needed a change. It, it wasn't happening for him. Um, and Rogers did really well when he came on. Uh, Bob Stingers just mentioned there Garber in in midfield. Um, mm. yeah. You know, didn't think we'd see much of him in a Blackpool shirt again. But he he played well against Burnley. To be fair, in that position um, across the park, you know, at the back, Thornley was. Absolutely fantastic! Couple of last last ditch tackles and that that clearance sort of on the line. Mm. Um, so throughout the team did really well, and yeah, towards the end we looked the more likely team. And if we could have just got it, you know, there was a couple of um, we got I think a couple of long throws or, or free kicks towards the end, where a bit of a scramble in the box, and we just didn't get that. I suppose a bit of luck you need really, where it just drops to someone. I think was it Gabriel. Dropped on his wrong foot, didn't it? Ran, yeah. Landed on his left, that. Unfortunately. Um, but overall, you know, you can't have too many complaints. It was uh, it was a decent performance. Tim, just bring Tim in quickly. Do you think there's, obviously you, you're a bit more 
um, what's the word? Not as forthcoming in your praise to the way McCarthy's approached the game. Do you think he should have gone for the win a bit earlier than sort of with quarter of an hour to go? Because that kind of how it seemed to me. Um, make a few more positive substitutions on 60 minutes, maybe giving the likes of Rogers a bit more time to penetrate yeah. and cause problems yeah, and grab a goal. I had a slightly different view on, on Bowler and, and, and he didn't play well, but my, my gut reaction was that with however long it was when he came off 15 minutes to go I felt that you needed to leave your game changing players on because we need wins you know draws don't assist, don't greatly assist us and, and, and listen a draw against Burnley at the end of the day was a good result but sometimes you've got to uh, you, you, you've got to twist rather than stick and um, I did wonder whether we should just gone slightly more attacking um, you know, it's been said in the comments, I thought CJ did quite well when he came on as well. Uh, he made a positive contribution. Uh, I'd have also been tempted to leave Jerry on. Um, if we, you know, again, look, I'm not saying we leave Bowler and Jerry on, but where maybe one of them should have stayed on because, you know, we just needed to find, we needed to find that little one chance that might have resulted in a win, which would have been a huge, huge, huge result. But maybe that comes another day. I can't be too critical of, a team that, that that ekes out a very creditable draw against a team who's, who's averaging 2.5 points for every one that we get. Uh, There's always the just, danger as well, isn't there? Sorry, Tim, that you, if we are pushing too much and go too attacking, you get caught and then we're all sat here going, well, we should have seen that out for a point. You know, they they had that, that break towards the end. It was about 88th minute, wasn't it, where Maxwell's pulled off a, mm. a wonder save to, to keep it at nil-nil. So it's a... It's a fine balance in it. We absolutely need those wins, but it, it it maybe wasn't the game to do it against Burnley, perhaps. I felt for the first time in a while in that last 10 minutes, it actually felt like a goal was coming. The sort of atmosphere was building and you could feel that we were... And I'm only saying this slightly impishly to wind Tim up, but I actually on that second free kick that we had. We had those two free kicks on the edge of the box and the second free kick, I just threw my hands up and went, for fuck's sake, Kenny Dougal. Mm-hmm. Because we, if we'd have had a half-decent set-piece taker, and it's not his fault because Kenny's not, you know, Kenny was taking him because other, other people weren't on the pitch and so on. But that sense of there were some chances there that could have been better, but the, we, we had a spell of pressure and I honestly can't remember the last spell of pressure we had. I really, really can't remember this last spell of pressure we had. I remember thinking that we played quite well away at Hull when we lost. But even then, I can't remember. We sort of had sporadic chances in the game. And there we had 10, 15 minutes where we were putting pressure on. We were going forward. We had a run of corners. We had some good set peaks that we didn't make the most of. We were sort of... went once. Medina had come on and we had a bit of physicality. We were able to go long. We were going wide. We were going at them from different angles. And right, we didn't score, but that that bodes well for the fact that we actually put 10, 15 minutes pressure together consistently. And I, I can't remember that when we last did that. Raggy, I was, I was saying to my son and um, my pal and his son, I was I actually moved into the north for the second half because I was bored, senseless in the west. Um, I said... I said, it's, if this goes in, people will be on the pitch. 
That was That's you. exactly what I thought. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was just getting that. That atmosphere was just getting to. Uh, it was like a pressure cooker building, wasn't it? In the north, it was. It was. It was about to come off that roof, and I think if that had happened, I think it would have been me, me included. I think I'd have been on in that corner somewhere. <laughs> Interestingly, um, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Williams obviously works at Burnley now, and he knows uh, one of the guys in one of my WhatsApp group, and uh, Matt Williams said of. That's the best atmosphere of any ground he's been to all season. And I know he's got Blackpool links, but obviously he goes to every Burnley game. They've played in some big fixtures because, of course, they are one of the big teams in the league. So there's obviously, there tends to be good crowds where they go and good, you know. And uh, But they said that's that's the best he's seen, the best he's heard. There's There's a lot of debate as to whether they should let fans down sell out the East Stand, isn't there? And I think this game, atmosphere-wise, proved the point that I, I, I'm, a, I'm of, of the opinion that uh, give them give the away fans the entire East, because I think it increases the atmosphere. It make, gives it a big game atmosphere, and it keeps home fans near the away fans, and it adds to the occasion, I think. don't know anyone else. I think there's some good banter going on. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, obviously... Um, you're going down, we're going up to our... Your mum's your dad, your dad's your mum. And there was a lot of going backwards and forwards and, um, you know, uh, you know, they're a strange lot, Burn. I mean, I think I saw a video and they're like fighting amongst themselves, which I found very, very weird. Um, but, you know, they, 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 they contributed towards what was is probably thinking about it other than maybe Preston, the best atmosphere of the season. And, um, and the Preston atmosphere comes from the goals and the result probably more than anything else. But for a nil-nil, it, it was it was it, you know it was entertaining to be in the stands and 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 you know there was, there was it was laced with a decent amount of humour on both sides, which was which was quite good. But I think a lot of teams, you know, I think I think we surprised a lot of teams with what an with what an atmosphere that that we create and um, you know. Let's hope that we can make that contribution starting on Tuesday night to try and reverse our fortunes a bit because we have got, we've got to remember we've got teams to play. You know, we've got Wigan at home, we've got Cardiff at home, we've got QPR at home. We've got a lot of the teams near the bottom and they're, they're all six pointers, but I think we probably need to win every one of those three um, to give ourselves a chance. And that's a tall order bearing in mind, our, you know, the fact we've had one win since October. <laughs> Um, but you know, maybe you know. I hear I hear what Mitch says, and maybe we, you know when we you know if we've sort out the back and then and then you know sprinkle a bit of stardust up front to try and do something, it it, it, it can work. But it's games are running out, and we need points on the board. I know I'm sort of. <laughs> I've clearly been drinking the raggy aid after he's uh, you know he's. When definitely not going down, but I also think if you saw out the back, it gives some of your better players, some of your stardust, more confidence in taking risks. Because if 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 you are playing in a team as we have been doing, where you think if you lose the ball, well that's it, the other team are going to at least have a chance on goal if not score. 
you start playing more within yourself. If you're playing in a team where you think you've got a solid unit behind you, then you take that risk because you think, well, it's all right, they'll pick they'll pick that up. And whether it's Bowler, whether it's Rogers, whether it's Perveda, whoever it is, whichever of those players, those magic players or carry even to an extent they need to have the belief that they can take those risks and i don't think they've had that belief in there the in the rest of the team in the rest of the unit and it's the first game i've seen in ages where i thought those players believe in each other properly they really believe in each other and they came off that pitch and they achieved something it was only a point but i think that point could be Look, we haven't won for ages, but it's like a catapult. You pull it back, you let it go, and it'll fire. Perfect twelve. No, I'm getting, I'm getting carried away. I'm joking, but I think that result will mean a lot to us. And I think also it's the first time really McCarthy since he took over, since he's had sight of the players, worked with them, got into their heads, understood them. It's the first time he's had any time on the training pitch with them to actually put them together really and coach them. He said so himself in his interview. He said, you know, why was the training? He went, well, I'm not doing any bloody training. It's recovery in games. It's the first time he's had a chance to get into him, and I think I, that you know, I'm, maybe I'm overegging it, but we're staying up. I mean, f- for me personally, it's the absolutely. Bravo. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the first time I've come out of that ground feeling positive for quite a while. Nottingham Forest game aside, that was the FA Cup. I actually felt uplifted when I came out. Yeah. And yeah, the Forest game was reserves, you know, it was another team's reserves. And it could have been 4 all that game. Yeah, it could have been 4 all. This, this was a serious proper team. Yeah, and it looked like we had a game plan in it, and it worked, and they'd spent time together on the training pitch. Um, and it's it's been able to build on it now, isn't it? And hopefully get the, the win on Tuesday, which I don't remember the last time <laughs> that happened. We've been we've been really poor the midweek games, haven't we? Tuesday, Bristol City next. Didn't it? PPR Tuesday now. Oh, okay, yeah. next week. Next Tuesday. Okay. Well, we've yeah, obviously got Bristol. Go on, Maggie. Go on. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say it's a good point by Mitch there about the confidence of the players, and I don't underestimate uh, Connolly's um, part to play in all that. Now that he's been moved into that midfield role. Made a massive difference, him and Dougal in there, doesn't it? Huge difference. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't mind leaving a bit of a space if you know he's behind you, because he ain't letting anyone go past, is he, without a fight? So, yeah, it's a good point. That's why I was annoyed when he got booked for that pathetic booking, by the ref. I was thinking, oh God, he's going to be playing a bit in himself, but he got through unscathed without a red. Right, as as we've just said, a few people send the comments, we've got Bristol City coming up so we'll we'll cover this before we catch up with the other news um bristol city away on saturday um i've been doing a bit of research i'll give i'll give you all a few reasons to be cheerful shall i i've been drinking the raggy aid as well they haven't scored in the last three matches blackpool haven't lost to bristol city in their last seven meetings um we've won three drawn four um, their recent form is as bad as ours. Good, however you want to. Uh. And there it is. 
is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, shake it up. One win in five for, for both teams. Um, they've, only, they've only scored in last... They've only scored three in the last seven, two of which were pens. Um, and they've also got a lot of injuries like us. Uh, some key players missing, including uh, a lad called Matty James... Um, he's one of their key midfielders and they've only got an academy player as backup now in their midfield. So they're kind of down to the bare bones as well. So anything could happen on Saturday. 3-0 win to them and then... (laughs) 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 With the the academy player getting an hat-trick. Oh, God. (laughs) Are we we jumping in the car then at 6 o'clock in the morning, John, to get down there? Did say to him, oh, should we go? Then I saw it was a half twelve kickoff. I thought, oh, no, maybe not. I have got um, cancel me Halifax getaway. Halifax <laughs> getaway. So, what's everyone's gut feel for this? Um, I'm a bit more positive with what you've just said there. I didn't realise we'd we'd done that well against them in that many games. Um, the problem is it's on Sky, isn't it? <laughs> Where we uh, we don't always do very well in, in recent we're doing, seasons. We're doing playoffs. But They're always that's on That's very true. Yeah. yeah. And it is kind have of a drink of that raggy aid, Nick. Go on, just have a quick sit. Have a quick drink. Go on. All, cu- all cup finals now. <laughs> all playoff finals, these. <laughs> yeah, pretend they're all cup finals. Um, well, we'll certainly take confidence from that, from that um, Burnley performance. Um, so there's no reason why not you know it's got to start happening sometime so so why not on Saturday I've just had a thought Raggy yeah, there's a there's a there's a chap in the patron group who works for Farmyard Breweries maybe we could get them to mix up a batch of uh, Raggy Aid <laughs> hey there you go it could a be new a brand. <laughs> Can we fuse Red Bull? Red Bull yeah. in it, you can put Raggy yeah. Aid for when you need to. I was going to say it's <laughs> real ale, Raggy. We go strap line and everything. Oh, we can't have any of that real ale rubbish. No chance. <laughs> we could do it like that. It's not real ale, much. Nick, because I like it. <laughs> and clean you can do a vodka and Smirnoff sour. Has anyone yeah. done it like an IPA with it infused with Red Bull? This is the chance. Here we go. Yeah, Dragon's Den. I just want to on record that this was my idea, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've been somewhat of a the pessimistic persuasion. I have a feeling we might do something on Saturday. 
Oh, here we go. Get your money on. One nil, I think. And I've not, I've not had the Raggy Aid. I've just had a G and T. But um, <laughs> I, I think we, I, I, I don't know. I've just got it in my water that we're going to, we're going to get some points. We're a bogey side for them. That's points plural. I think, I think we'll play well, and I think we'll get a point, and I'm fine with that because I think there's plenty of other games that we can get three points in. Um. But I think we'll play. I think we'll play all right again. Let's pick a team then quickly. Um, Formation-wise, I was scratching my head as what we were playing. I think it was a four-four-two, wasn't it? Yeah. Anybody shouting for Grimshaw? Anyone for Grimshaw? I tell you what, what I would say was I thought Maxwell's distribution was crap again. It was. It was. It was. He made some good saves. Yeah, yeah he, he did. He's been in a few saves, games, so. hasn't it? His distribution, unfortunately. Fucking absolute shite. I thought it was kind of like four-one-one, really, with on because sort of Carey was up with eights a lot of the mm. time, but then he'd drop off, or one of them would drop off, so it wasn't. It was more or less four four two, but not quite. Yeah, it was like the the ten was playing kind of around there, wasn't it? Yeah, just sort of like hovering off the shoulder. But the but I mean, they can play that way with those two. It's one advantage uh, uh, over playing Gaz, where they can both drop in and both go beyond each other, which they did quite well. Do you know this this game, this Bristol City game, is crying out for four four two with the eights and big Gaz? <sighs> Do you drop Sonny? thought he was pretty close to being man of the match. But then, I'm to be fair, I've got to be clear to everybody that I'm quite clearly preparing the ground for Sonny being the new player that I will not couch any criticism with um, when <laughs> well, Gaz moves on. So, you know. <laughs> Is that why you're going to... He could, he could end up at Halifax or somewhere like that, couldn't he? Are you, are you like, getting yourself a, an Airbnb store? <laughs> yeah. Like, going trips there or something? <laughs> Maybe staking out where he'll be. Okay, I think it's hard to drop Maxwell after his performance, isn't it? I think that'd be yeah, harsh. You, you can't drop him. No, I, even I would concede that one. Yeah. Centre halves pick itself picks itself again, doesn't it? They were both really good. I thought. Um, yeah. Avit was brilliant. He had it. He had it. On his, and can we believe Thornley's not signed up for next year yet? And it's no, it's just getting oh, signed Jesus up. Jesus Christ. It's on the notes, that, Tim. But yeah, oh, it's fucking ridiculous. It's bizarre, that. Maybe he doesn't want to sign. Can you blame I him? Can you blame no, him for not signing? I, I, I would love to hear the story one day about what has gone on with him, with this club. It's weird. If he leaves, I'll get in contact with him. We'll do an interview. He's never he's, he's never put a foot wrong. His no. <laughs> place just keeps getting turfed out, then dropped, put back in. Sent on loan. Sent on loan. weird. Dropped from the entire but, squad. But it, and it does look like a nice, quiet fellow. He doesn't look like he's a yeah, trouble yeah, yeah. Maybe that's his problem, Raggy. Maybe he's too nice. Yeah, maybe. I've said that before. It's almost like he's seems like a nice lad who manages almost think, well, I want to bring this player in, I want to bring my player, he won't mind, he won't make a fuss. You know, you know if you sort of drop, if you drop Gaz or someone, he's, he's going to cause problems in the dressing room, or if you drop, you know, Bowler, then everyone's going to kick up a fuss, but Thornley just looks like he'll, a lad will go, oh, all right then, and get on with it. And I think that might be his problem. But I noticed on Saturday, so I'm, I'm going on, but I noticed on Saturday, he actually was, he was more like vocal than I'd seen him. And there was one point where Connolly had an absolutely shocking pass 
and they broke on us and they nearly scored. And Judd walked right out to him, got re- got put his arm around, got right in his ear, like, and kind of then, like, go on, you know, like, and that's the side of him I'd not really seen before. And he, he's, he's giving everything for us. Right. Left back, right back. This is quite well, Gabe's tough. Gabe's is one. Gabriel's, Gabriel's in there. Gabe's right, right back. back. Gabe's was good on Saturday, really good. And then, well, I'd have Lyons or, or his husband injured. I don't know. Is he Dropped. on the bench? He's on Dropped. the bench. Well, either, either of them. I wouldn't have Dom Thompson. I mean, he, he played all right on Saturday, but he's just... I read, I read something about Thompson's inclusion, actually, that uh, Mick McCarthy went like for like with the, their right winger because he's really quick. I can't remember his name. Teller. Teller. Was it Teller? Yeah, he wanted to match up Teller with a someone with an athlete, basically. So it was quite a, yeah. it was a tactical masterstroke there. Um, but yeah, well, fair play. <laughs> but he's he's not our best left back. For, no, that's what no, I'm absolutely thinking, not. So I think the options there are husband and Lions. Personally, I play I'm, Lions, but I play like I think he'll play husband, but I would play. We're picking our team. I would mm. play Lions. I would. I quite like to see Lions play left back before deciding he can play left back because I know he's played left wing back, but not convinced he's played left back in a four. But I've said that before mm. because if you're playing left wing back in five, you've always got a left sided centre half who can cover you, so effectively become your de facto left back. Maybe Hubby. Maybe it's a game to drop Hubby back in. Experience. Does well, I mean, three would put Lions in? I think it depends on what their right wing is like. Yeah. Isn't it? If their right wing is a nippy little thing, then yeah. then you're probably going to have to play Tomo because Hubby got Hubby got roasted didn't he, the other week. Um, but if it's more of a, I can't remember how Bristol play. If they're a bit more direct, then you play Hubby because you get the you know he's very good in the air and you get the physical strength out of him. But I don't, I, I don't know. Without having Sean, I haven't got a clue what the other yeah, We need Sean there. Where's Sean when you need him? So let's, 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 let's just throw Lions in, shall we? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let that slide. Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, yeah. Yep. I think Lions could also do a job left midfield, to be fair, as well, mm. um, which would sort of deals with Mitch's point about uh, having cover. Because he and he's most certainly played there, I think, for Ireland and Shamrock, hasn't he? Um, on, on the left hand side of midfield, so and he and, he, and he's a, a good, strong defensive player and pushes on as well. So I'd half like to see him there, to be fair. As well. anyway, but oh, we'll stick at left back for now. Could always go crazy and put Garbert there, put Lions in front to do the defending mm. and Garbert behind him to do the attacking. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, based on the performance at the on last Saturday, it's Dougal and where is he? Connolly, yeah. Connolly. I keep forgetting he's in the defenders' column. Yeah. I say Brid cuts injured again, isn't he? <laughs> yes. No, that's it. He's yes, done. Sir. He's done, Tim. Now for the season. That's it. Last we've seen of him. Joking. Just signing. Just signing. We'll do it. We'll do a, a dedicated podcast just on just on injuries and players who've. Not play for us all season or half a game or whatever it is. Captained by the shopping trolley. Right wing. Now, Bowler didn't do himself any favours, did he? The school school of thought that says Bowler's better coming off the bench 
is gathering momentum. He feels aggrieved. He comes on mm. and he, he, he puts more in in 20 minutes than you get out of him in the first 60 or 70. I'd always play him on the right wing anyway, but especially yeah. with Gabriel fullback overlapping him. If we're 4 4 2. Yeah, yeah. She'll give him one but more I know chance. You, I know what you mean about him coming on. Maybe we need to As, change formation. I'm, I'm, an advocate, I'm an advocate for getting our best players on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So am I. The problem is, I also feel there's something a bit similar with Rodgers, where I can't remember how many games he started, but he's he's come on three or four times and really sparkled mm. and looked spot on. But when he started, he hasn't really lasted the course in the same way as Bowler. Um, and I feel like with both of them, you've got you've got sort of players that can come on and really cause a. Particularly when 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 there's a, a game's in a pattern and a, and a fullback it has been defending one threat to have a player like one of those two comes on who will present something completely different to you, you you get that impact and I feel like the same for both of them really which is which is I don't know I, I think stick bowler in there I just think you just have you to carry keep... you carry bowler a bit more though don't you if, if it's not happening you do but he's he's also fucking brilliant when he's on and sooner or later he's got to, sooner or later he's got to click and if he clicks he's worth he could be worth two goals three goals for us he can just know, produce that causes... moment of magic can't he from nothing yeah. as well yeah and, we've never and, seen bowlers and rogers start together at the same time i don't think have we no let's put him in then rogers starting for everyone or cj well, I'm going to say an odd thing, which it depends who we're going to play up front as to who I want to play, whether we're going to stick Carey in as we did or whether we're going to play Gaz, because I think if you're going to play, depending on who you play, you might have to stiffen your midfield a bit more. If you're going to play, and, and it might depend on whether you want crosses or whether you want people cutting in and passing, if that makes sense as well. Mm-hmm. I would play Rodgers. I'm playing Rodgers. Maggie? Yeah, I would buy it. I, yeah, I do. Uh, th- th- then it would be Aix and Carey for me instead of Medine, but there you go. Yeah, yeah, but I'd be tempted to go the same. Shall we start? Who knows? Carey might turn into our uh, elusive goal-scoring striker at some point here. Well, Carey's Kerry's scoring more. He's the most prolific... <laughs> Striker we've got, isn't he? I'm going for Medine. I love a big man, me. Yeah, I saw last year, John. (laughs) Get get Labry on, then. (laughs) He's the big big fella. The big big fella's injured, Raggy, remember? (laughs) By the way, what's happened to Pervader? Oh, God, yeah. Yes. There was that story that him and Fiorini left the ground at half one in the same car. Whether that's true or not, I have absolutely no idea, but now yeah. in the squad. I got told that on the day from someone that was up in the corporate gods, and uh, maybe they did, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, he said injured, that it, though, it, it? the Burnley game, the reason they weren't in the squad, it, it wasn't, I think I can't remember the exact words, but along the lines of it, it wasn't a game for them. Um, 
Yeah, but that's bullshit, though, isn't it? I know. I know. I'm not well, saying he also he also said told them. I can understand why they probably thought right. Well, <laughs> off we go then. You know. He also said something, didn't he? I don't know whether it was in the club interview or the BBC one or whatever, but he said something that was a bit odd about how Pervader had had a knock on Friday in training. Had a knock. He'd take a knock to his back in training. And then Mick picked the team, and after he'd picked the team, Pervader said, well, I was I was all right to play. And Mick said, well, you could have bloody told me earlier, but I haven't picked you anyway. Cause it's not, and that was quite an odd story about how sort of it seemed a bit like he'd picked the team and then Pervader was kicked off that he wasn't in. I don't know, I was reading between the lines there. But, That's you know, he picked the team and then Pervader kicked off and Mick said, well, last I knew you, were, you had a back injury. Well, I haven't, you know, you can you can sort of see that maybe Pervader's not the greatest communicator in the world or maybe not making quite as clear that he's desperate to play on Friday in training, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's wandered off, limped off, oh, I'm a bit hurt, fancy an early finish or whatever, and Mick's thought, I'm not having that. Anyway, he was putting his number 10. You can't leave Kerry out. No, Kerry was, Kerry was really good. He was really good. And he links it. He links it. Look, and I want, I want, I want Medine doing what he did. I want him coming on for 15, 20 minutes and running around like a maniac, knocking people over, giving everything. He's not fit enough to give us. He's not fit enough to give us eighty minutes of quality Medine. But fifteen minutes of quality Medine is spot on. But Kerry, Kerry will link it up. Kerry needs a footballer. Imagine that being football with him. Stick carrying. Seventy-five minutes is Medine time. Okay. Imagine that being your tactic. What's my job, boss? Run round and knock people over again. (laughs) 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 Knock people over. That's great. (laughs) Plenty of shit housery. Run round and knock. (laughs) Right. Once that goes on social media, we'll have all sorts of shit coming our way, no doubt. But... <laughs> what the fuck's that? <laughs> it won't, the team won't look like that anyway, will it? So, bizarre. So, Maxwell, Lyons, Thornley, Nelson, Gabriel, Bowler on the right, Conley, Dougal in the middle, Rogers on the left. Tiring after 65 minutes and Shuttlecock coming on. Uh, Yates and Carey, Big Gaz to come on with 15 minutes to go, knock a few people over and smash a volley into the top corner to win the game 2-0 to the Seasiders. And that's my prediction. What are yours, gentlemen? Mitch, let's start with you. Well, I said before, I fancy us to play really well, but get a draw. So I'm going to go for 1-1 with his leading quite a long time. Um, or the other way around. One, they get an early goal and we play really, 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 really well for ages. Looks like we're not going to get it. And then comes the uh, the Gary goal. Gary game-changing goal. Nick? 1-0 to us. Ruggy? 1-0 to us. Temping gals. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know there's two Dixons? There's a David Dixon and a Pete Dixon. Piping up in the comments. Are you brothers? Oh, Chuckle brothers. I know you haven't even asked me what I was Sorry, Tim. Go on. Sorry, Tim. Go on. I'm going yeah, I'm going, I know you're going to say 3 0 to Bristol City, so. No, no, no. <laughs> 2 0 to Blackpool, I'm going for. 
And I'm still thinking about jumping in. Shit. It's on the day, though, can you? No, apparently. it's no. I, mi- I missed no, that. Ted, did you say you're going? You're going to jump in the no, car? No, I just said I'm, I'm still tempted to jump in my car at six o'clock, but well, it's fast enough to get there pretty quick. Um, I drive sedately, I'll have you know, <laughs> driving Miss Daisy. I actually thought we were going to die once when we were in Tim's car. I was uh, half asleep on the way back. I think Eddie was, was on his iPad. You remember all of a sudden, like bang. Yeah. The brakes slammed on. I saw my I life shot. flash. Saw my life flash before my eyes. I was in the middle lane of the motorway, and some twat um, was going about thirty mile an hour in the middle lane. I think he slowed right down. I can't remember now whether he slowed right down. He was going that fast anyway, but it was it was mental. He's just said he has a chauffeur. Yeah, where's the chauffeur? <laughs> was he? Was your he a- chauffeur? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what Ronnie Biggs' <Biggs's> show for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean John's? Sorry, yeah. Ronnie Biggs has got a show for. Of course, he has all that money he's got stashed. Of course, he has. Dave Courtney. We've seen how much money he's been spending on uh, on on podcast gear. Oh, today. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. he's obviously been into the trove of, uh, of it's the uh, stash. The stash. <laughs> <laughs> he's dug up a bit of the loot out of his back garden, hasn't he? <laughs> when he said he was having his drains rotted, that's not what he was doing. Yeah. He's digging the loot up. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we've got a few more things to cover before we head off. Uh, four years since the homecoming. Doesn't time Incredible, fly. Man. Incredible. It it's probably, I mean, obviously, uh, it, it, just to give a bit of context, obviously, we, we, we'd, we'd, we'd gone into the club the, the Monday of the week before, deliberately after a home game, to give ourselves a bit of breathing space, and Jesus Christ, did we need it. And um, my over my overriding memory just being how stressed I was in the build-up because I was convinced something was going to go wrong. I was convinced it was going to go tits up. There was the game nearly got called off on the Friday because it was chucking it down, and there's that horrible bit in the corner. And the groundsman forgot his name now. God bless him because he's passed on, hasn't he? Um, he uh, he managed to salvage it with some help from the lads. Gary Lewis, yeah. And that all that the bit pub. where the uh, Ormerod and Biggs money was buried. Yeah, the Biggs money. Yeah. 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 All, the, all, the people, all the people cleaning the seats and the build-up. And... Yeah, he stashed his gold under there, didn't he? He stashed his... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm just saying, you know, it's like the whole build-up to that, that game on the Saturday, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And But I was just so... I was convinced that it was going to go wrong. And it didn't, and that's that's a testament, really, to everybody behind the scenes, fans, staff, uh, and the much maligned interim board. Because we got it, we got we made it happen, and and I think it was an extremely special day, and it's something that I'll never forget, and I'm sure anybody who else went will never forget. I can't, uh, I can never stop watching Wayne's video when it's panning around. You know, it's I was thinking about it as the uh, the intro music came on because obviously the. Um, um, uh, we're into something good is part of that, isn't it? And uh, and that and that going on for like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes before kickoff is just spine tingling. I wouldn't know because I was on a plane flying over at the time. 
Not been enough. When you see the pictures of the pitch, though, how shit did the pitch look? I, I thought that today when I saw it. Yeah. You, don't you forget, don't you? It's funny, funny you know, because um, I presume Grice is watching this, Andy Grice. Well, we sat in Witherspoons on the day before that with 420 tickets, I think it was, <laughs> on the prom, where everyone came to us to get their tickets because we bought them in one big batch, didn't we? Put 420 tickets all behind the net. In one go, just so we could get everyone together behind that net. Do you remember, I was Which trying to get the whole of the north for for Blackpool, and the ground yeah. safety officer wouldn't have it because the tickets had already been sent out to Southend. And I said, "Look, there's only going to be about two hundred in there. It's not a big issue for us to contact yeah. Southend and say we've moved you into the southeast corner yeah. or wherever." But I said, "We need to get as many," and he was not having it, and we had to like let it go in the end. But I was a bit frustrated we didn't have all the north, but. It didn't matter. We had the rest of the ground. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it couldn't have been better, could it? The whole thing. The whole day couldn't have been better. There you go. Grice's credit card maxed out. I think it was, I think, I think it was, I think the bill was about 10 grand. Well, do you remember we couldn't buy tickets? We couldn't sell tickets till about the Wednesday before the yeah, game. Yeah. Because yeah. we had, no, A, we had no card machines. And, and and we didn't have a bank account because if you, if you if we paid it into the normal bank account, Owen could still, as far as we were concerned, he could still access it if he'd wanted. And a large amount of money had gone missing just before we came in. Um, so it was it was an incredibly stressful time, but it all just came together, and and it was the most magical day. The weather was meant to be crap, and it was actually quite sunny in the end. Uh, we get the last minute equaliser. So it's not the. It would never have been a damp squib, but it, it, it'd have been, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been nice to have lost the game. And just uh, the kitchens got got going, the hospitality got going. There was everybody with the black polar back scarves. It was almost like all 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 the all, all, all everything came together in a way that you just couldn't imagine. And and it it was just Blackpool fans doing what Blackpool fans do, and. Um, very, very special. Well done, Tim, by the way, for organising that. I didn't realise how much you were involved in it. It must have been a hell of a stressful day. full time, full uh, time at that stage. I was actually out with uh, in Curry and Ben Hatton on, uh, on Friday. On Friday, um, I know we're going to go on to talk about the structured dialogue meetings. So I couldn't meet it then, but we always, it's a special time for them as well. We always meet up on, in and around the anniversary and and reminisce about it all, you know, and have a good chuckle about all the stuff all, and all the nonsense that went on and everything. And um, uh, and they were both in good form. And I messaged them today with Happy Homecoming Day, and they both came back and you know acknowledged it. So it's it's good. My my abiding memory, obviously, I was I was devastated because I was on holiday. You know, I've not been on a foreign hol- holiday since then. <laughs> it's <not> typical, <laughs> yeah, it's typical. Um, I always remember coming back to the. Oh, I think it was the day after when I got back and I saw that banner raggy outside the uh, the Excelsior with, um, you know, Owen's uh, what, Owen in Carl's, yeah. Carl's head. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Perdon and Don. Fucking it brilliant. Was, uh, ben Hatton was telling a story, because he, he'd promised you and Grimmy that he'd come for a drink in the Excelsior yeah. before the game. And he says, yeah. he says so I, I felt I had to go and he said, so I came with my son and he said, my son was about 15 at the time, 14 or 15. I remember and he it, said, yeah. He said, it's the only time, as we turned the corner and we saw the chaos, he said, it's the only time I can remember, I don't think he's done it since, where he, he grabbed hold of my hand and held yeah. it as we walked into <laughs> Yeah, it's like a bear pit in there, wasn't it? 
it was it, it was beyond even art. I knew it was going to be something else that day because we we had uh, like say four hundred that we had bought for all lads together, and I knew that was going to be there. So the whole pub was going to be full and that. But it was it was a thousand plus by the time it came to the. Mm-hmm. I think it was even more than that. The whole the whole street to shut the street, didn't it? The whole whole of them road was bleeding blocked off. What's happened and to those banners, in, by the way? Where are they now? They're at uh, they're in the club, they're in the Armfield Club. Are they? Whereabouts? Yeah. Which way? Yeah, upstairs in one oh, of right. I've never noticed. No, not, them. Not, not not up. Not we can't put them up, they're too big. But they're, they're wrapped up upstairs. Oh right, okay. In one of the back rooms. Maybe you should drape them out for for old time's yeah. sake. We should do, really. I, I wanted that one hanging outside of the stand, really, but they weren't in favour of it. With Owen and Carl's head hanging. <laughs> okay, um, another bit of news. This is probably... We'll, we'll skip through these because we're on over an hour and ten. Um, the accounts are out and also the uh, meeting minutes are out from the stru- structured dialogue. Um, shall we go through this in more detail on, a, on another pod or shall we do it all I now? Think it might, it, so otherwise yeah. I think here. to do it justice. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, they've both just come out today, haven't they? So actually, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to look at either. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, will, I will just say on there, I did say on the WhatsApp group before, didn't I? But what I've read there is very accurate of what went on the night. I assume because they videoed it, they've obviously looked back and took the exact word in what was said. And um, people were people were asking the questions, and and you know there was a couple of people that were getting a little bit heated at times. Not sure why, but one or two many drinks, uh, too many drinks. But it was all in good form. But Simon Sadler, we got a special guy there, by the way. He, he was on form, Simon Sadler, and he's 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 always seemed like uh, I don't know what the right word is, but. It's always a very, seemed like a very nice fellow and everything, and he is a very nice fellow. But you knew that you knew the other night that he was in charge, and there's no one been making decisions in that football club without his say so. So when people get on Ben Mansford's back and think it's all on him, I doubt that very much. Um, and he was open and honest, and I think we're in good hands. And I think uh, he we've we've de- we've definitely got the the best owner we could get. And uh, he's going to look after us, I'm sure. I mean, I've just pre- I've just I've just skimmed over it, and um, the the figures he's pumping into the club has been and is going to be pumping him, pumping in. Kind of says kind of backs up what Raggy's just said there. In, but he's talking ninety million quid. He's earmarked, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And what he's what's been spent on the club so far is, is double what I had in my head. If I'm honest with you, and I said that that night, um, you know, a, a couple of things. Um, I did question about that, the East Stand that night, about the fans and all that, because I don't like them having the whole stand. But I did question why, for years, you've told us you can't have away fans next to next to us in the North. You have to have them at the other end. But it's all right when you sell the whole stand out. <laughs> so why not just put them in there anyway? When they've only got half of it, put them down the North side of the ground. Yeah, it creates a better match so, day experience, uh, uh, doesn't it? Match day, uh, better atmosphere, and we'll drown them out all day. So... Anyway, the, obviously, this month, I know there's financial implications to all that, and that's obviously what it's about, isn't it? Uh, it's not my money, is it? And obviously, who, who am I to question him when he's putting so much in in that respect? But that was my view on it. 
And uh, and my, my only other points of the night really were to just to say to him that uh, and to everyone there that how, how anyone ever you know read you know you read nonsense online about everything, don't you? But how anyone can mention him in the same breath as an oyster is is a disgrace, yeah, and it should never that. happen. You, no. you you question him on his own merits, like, and and he shouldn't be. Don't ever put him in that bracket with them shysters. Two two worlds apart. He'll make mistakes. He's admitted he's made some mistakes and all that, but he's doing it with the right intentions of this football club and this town. Not like them bleeding thieves. Am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that now, or will I get sued again for saying that? Or have we, or have we proven it now? You'll have to ask Jez. <laughs> Well, it's not just that, Aggie. It's also that you talk about Easton. There's, there's not. I mean, you know, his criminality, his literal criminality, is known by everyone. It's just fucking yeah. disgraceful to just lazily yeah, yeah. compare him to Easton. And you also you learn absolutely nothing from it. If you want to, if you want to judge the job he's doing, compare him to his peers. Compare him to the other people who are running clubs of our size and look at him against them. It's just, it's, it's just lazy, and it's, it's just yeah. to get a rise online, and it's. It's not right. Yeah. No, that's it. it. Needs to stop, and it's, it's not. It's, um, we've got a good bloke there who's going to look after us. And we've turned a profit. Well, we have, but we've turned a profit because of the money he's put in, because of the injection of mm. money he's put in. But I think it's important to understand when you talk about breaking even or you talk about making a profit in the championship. The last time I looked at the championship financial figures um, was. I can't remember what year it was, but that year only one club came anywhere near breaking even. And so even if we have lost three million out with Sadler's injection, that's actually relatively a strong financial performance in the championship because there are clubs that are hemorrhaging money to the sum of 10, 15, 20, 30, 35 million in this division. You can pick out one or two, but the vast majority of clubs are losing a lot of money, you know. Yeah, card of thirty million in the in the yeah. hole. Yeah. Well, we, when Wigan went when Wigan went under um, or nearly went under, they'd lost something like it was something like eight to twelve million year on year on year on year repeatedly. You know, and and the outcome of that is they nearly went bust. We've got the community trust as well, which seems to be going from strength to, to strength under Simon Sadler. As never mind the bollocks, it's the seasiders. As just said, and just one thing that's popped in my head as I skimmed the meeting minutes, that I think they said our, the club's obviously running costs are through the roof now, the electricity bill's doubled, but the still the community trust is still running this um, keep warm, warm hub for families to come to during the day and have a meal. I mean, what the clubs are doing, those sort of things, you know, and it must come at a, quite a large expense to... Just like the community trust were doing a great job, even yeah, on the Houston's in very yeah. trying, trying circumstances. But um, uh, under Ashley Hackett's stewardship, they're just they're 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 way ahead of where, in my view, a lot of trusts uh, yeah. are in what they do and 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 the and the you know and and the breadth of what they do and the reach they have and and the number of people's lives that they positively impact on. It's it's it is quite humbling in a way to see how a community-based organization like that that's linked to us um is so innovative and repeatedly repeatedly innovative you know they, they run schools in within the football club for you know kids who don't really fit into the mainstream 
um, you know, and I said they're doing all sorts of stuff, um, uh, you know, to engage with, um, uh, you know, vulnerable adults on all sorts of levels. You know, they help, they help the, you know, they run the girls football, the, the get involved with the walking football and the vets football and any, anything that involves, um, you know, anything that helps mental well-being, they're right at the forefront of it. It's, you know, the, the, the presents for the kids at Christmas. You could go on and tangerine, on and on. Tangerine teammates coming down to all the grassroots club. Yeah, on and on and on. And on. It's, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it makes you very proud, I think, um, in relation to the work that they do and, and the way that the club and people involved in the club support it as well. Well, I think, you know, I I don't want to go back to what we started the show with, but one of the things I've seen a lot on Twitter is people saying football is this, football is this, football has that, you know, this is... But football is also a fucking brilliant thing that brings people together. And we saw that on Monday. We've seen that on sort of the way people have, have, have come together and supported families. And we see that in the community trust. And football does so many things. And so many people are so quick to run down football because sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, it's not it's not as shiny as they want it to be or it's not as slick as it wants to be. But, but, but our club is... is Something to be proud of. What 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 have we got in this world now that we can connect with? You know, what have we got that brings people together? Would, would us five be sat here like this? Exactly, a hundred percent. People from all different backgrounds, people from all different values, coming together around a thing. Where the fuck does that happen anywhere else? So. You know, people can say what they want about football. It's a wonderful thing for whatever else it is. It's a wonderful thing. It does a lot for people. Absolutely. I think Nick and Nick and I wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for Blackpool games. Obviously, we were the only two that knew each other before doing this pod, but that's how we kind of met. Just through going to Blackpool games and raves, wasn't it? So, yeah, I was going to say yeah that and clubbing yeah hey, um, <laughs> do you have your sure. glow, glow sticks and your white gloves on I, I, I think John might have had glow sticks at one point I was, I was too pilled up to remember Aggie <laughs> yeah you think you were on it with that Red, Red Bull Raggy you've never seen anything like it <laughs> 20 cans that's a podcast in itself uh, but, yeah <laughs> I totally agree though it, it you know where would we be without it it brings it all together doesn't it Yep. Yeah. Right, just two more pieces before we, we head off. Just hearing back to football again. Keshi's back, played for the development squad, um, was it 60 minutes against the Nobbers. Could this be the catalyst that keeps us up? Well, he'll be handy. I think he'll be a little while yet. I think um, I read a report that he, he looked a little way off being fit in that development game, but it was minutes he needed. I think he'll be a little while yet, but I mean, yeah, Cash should be, Cash should be brilliant because he gives you both sides. He gives the, he goes forward, but he gets stuck in, he tackles. And I think he'd, he'd give you the advantage of the luxury player without actually being a luxury player if he's fit. And if he doesn't limp out after 25 minutes again, which is probably what's going to happen. Well, I'll find some wood to touch there. My floor's wood, I've touched that. I've got some MDF. I've got my desks made of MDF. I'll touch that. Does that count? Touch me in. It does. <laughs> and finally, uh, Judd's contract. We mentioned this earlier. Um, it it's came came out on Twitter that he's not. He, he kind of refused to ask, answer the question. 
if anyone seeing it and doesn't bode well, does it? From signing off. I think we line. should start a campaign. I think we should start a concerted campaign to get Judd a new contract. I mean, there's probably not too much you can say, is it? Because you don't know whether it's we're not offering it or it's he, he's made his mind up and, you know, there's something elsewhere. And I, I wouldn't blame him if it, if it was the latter because it doesn't seem to matter which manager it is. Um, <clears throat> sooner or later, he gets, you know, shunted out the side for <clears throat> seemingly no good reason. And I can understand it if he, he let us down when he played, but he doesn't. You know, he's he should be one of the first names on the team sheet and it, it, it it's criminal. It, it almost takes two, three, four injuries before he's he's it's a joke, isn't he, it? before he's considered. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so I won't blame him if he's thought I'm I'm gonna go elsewhere and hopefully get picked week in, week out. Um and I think whatever division we're in next season, if he's playing for us he'd be a massive asset and it'll be a it'll be a real shame when he goes. Mm-hmm. He'll probably end up at Plymouth with everyone else that's sleeping <laughs> having this time of their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having the time of their life, they are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. What was even his name? Was it Wright? What was his yeah, first right. name? Callum Wright. Callum Wright. Oh, Callum he's Wright. loving it now, isn't he? He scored the other right. night, didn't he? Yeah. And, and Hardy. And Hardy. Yeah. yeah. They're laughing the cocks off down there, aren't they? Oh, aye. All the Ginsters passes they can eat as well. That's probably in the it's probably in the contract. Right? And on the, and on that note, I think we'll we'll call it a day there. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks thanks for your company, gents. Obviously, especially thanks to you, Raggy, for coming on. Um, sure, it's been a oh, no problem. A very trying week for you and everyone. The new Tony, um, as I've said in that banner there, I think we'll dedicate this podcast to the memory of um, Tony Johnson. Um, fully you know condolences to his family and friends and we just Absolutely. yeah we hope we hope there's brighter days ahead so I appreciate it and I'll, and I'll pass it on as well yeah. RIP so. Yeah. yeah so I think we'll just rather than setting up the pool we'll just uh, end this pod- podcast by saying thanks for listening thanks for that and rest in peace Tony Johnson rest in peace rest Tony. In peace, Tony rest in peace days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.